those type of things just really helped me lock in more than ever. It really doesn't matter, but uh, I've been as locked in as I've ever been in my career. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs, good morning to all you beautiful people out there. We're super excited to have you along here for another episode of the Bad Beats Podcast. And of course, it's me. I'm here hanging out. And yes, we do have the infamous Spaz back with us here today. And I'm not going to beat around the bush here, Spaz. The listeners want to know, where the heck were you last week? Man, Locksmiths, I got into some shit this week. Uh, Not going to lie. Had some bookie trouble. My <laughs> buddy, uh, you know, hits me up, friend of the show, not going to say his name for legal reasons, hits me up and says, hey, I'm at work. I need you to, you know, go to the casino, play some bets for me. I don't want to place any online bets. I'm going to just go ahead and cash app you, place the bets for me, you know, and uh, at the local casino down here, and you can just give me the cash. So I'm like, all right, sounds good enough. What this man didn't tell me is the reason he could not place the bets is he was hiding from bookies. I go to the casino, sure enough, the bookies are there. You know, it's a pretty small casino. They recognize me. They know I'm friends with them. They shake me down for his money. So, you know, now not only do they take the money he sends me, they take additional money of my own pockets. So now I'm out a couple hundred bucks. Like, what the fuck's going on? Uh, You know, now everything's uh, all said and done. It's straight. He paid me what he had to. But ladies and gentlemen, do not get in trouble with a fucking bookie. I think you guys should just, you know, bet online or bet in a casino. If you're betting with a bookie, you're a real shady character. I don't think you guys want to do all that. But I'm just glad to be back. Yep, and we're glad to have you back. And I, I, it's really interesting you say that. I mean, I don't really know a ton of people that really go through actual bookmakers or bookies anymore. Most most of the people that I know go through Bovada, my bookie, the website. Oh, it's, it's just real degenerates, real scumbags. Yeah. It's the shadiest I mean, of the yeah. shadiest. It's the people who have already maxed out their credit score. <laughs> banned from Bovada, banned from my bookie. They got to find some some dude who's in the mafia is willing to give him like a ten thousand dollar loan for a fucking NHL Tuesday night game <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Sounds like a lot of our followers. Yeah, they, that's the people we love. So the degenerates, as we call them, the locksmiths. So. Just jumping right into things here. Um, it is it's it's Friday, the fourth of December. I know we talked a lot about it on last podcast, but crazy to think we're already in December and we're moving right along. Yesterday was a real boring day for sports. I got to admit, first day without Thursday night football in quite some time. But we did have since we talked last, we did have some football in the form of Steelers Ravens or Steelers Ratbirds, as some people say. And the Steelers get the job done. They got the job done again. It was not a pretty win by any means. Steelers make it to 11-0. and They are five wins away from a perfect regular season. And I think we all have to ask ourselves at this point, are the Steelers for real? I mean, I feel like we go back on this every single week. And, I mean, I, 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 I think they're serious. I mean, I, again, I know it wasn't a pretty win. But teams that are serious, the, the contenders – they just get it done. They get the job done. And I feel like that's the Steelers, what the Steelers have done all year. They proved themselves. And, um, yeah, 11-0, five wins away from a perfect regular season. What do you think, Spaz? I mean, is this team a serious team to win the Super Bowl? No, I have a hot take. I think it's 
uh, absolutely fucking ridiculous. The Steelers are 11-0. I think they're going to get exposed, and here's why. They have the most easiest cupcake-ass schedule I've ever seen. They have no business being undefeated. I think, obviously, you know, they're going to get the playoff round by, but their first playoff game, let's say they run into the Chiefs, they're going to get exposed thrashed. There's no way they make the Super Bowl. There's better teams than them. They shouldn't have beat the Titans. I think the refs won that game. I think if the Titans rematch them in the playoffs, the Titans would win. I think the Chiefs would expose them. I just think uh, what it comes down to is, yeah, the AFC North is tough this year, but ultimately it comes down to their schedule. It is a cakewalk. I, you know, it looks like they're playing uh, the rest of the uh, season. They got uh, uh, enough easy wins to go undefeated. I do think the Steelers get exposed in the playoffs, but I could see them going 16 and 0. Yeah. And I was just, I, I just pulled up the schedule here too. So next week they have on Monday, they have Washington. That game's going to be at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. That's a bizarre time, but I know they're, they're doubling up on those Monday games just because of the scheduling issues. But I think that's a win. They go into Buffalo, and I think there's going to be an interesting one here. They go into Buffalo Sunday night. And again, that's going to be on a short week because they're playing Monday the following or the prior week. So, you know, we, we, we look to the Bills game as maybe this is the only team that can stop the Steelers from a perfect regular season because afterwards they have Bengals. Colts, you know, Colts are hit or miss. And then the Browns again, which the Steelers absolutely have their number, especially Big Ben. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think if they do go 16-0 and here, I think there's something to be said about that. Cakewalk schedule or not, but, it just goes to show that they, they don't have a bad day. I mean, they just get the job done. I will give Big Ben credit. It has been statistically his best season. You know, he comes off of last year where he only plays one game. He has one pick, zero touchdowns. And then this year, statistically, he's looking like he's in his prime, which – is bizarre to me, but I wanted to transition uh, to college basketball. I think it's been a really weird sports week. There was no Thursday night. Obviously, we had the Wednesday game we just covered. It's just been a bizarre sports week. I don't like any of the college football matchups. The college basketball alone just been really hard to uh, read so far. Thankfully, we got that Absolutely. West Virginia cover on Gonzaga. What do you think about that game? Yeah, so it's actually funny. So, I, you know, while you were getting shaken down by the boys there, um, at the at the casino, I actually so during last podcast, and I said, and this goes, this still goes. I mean, I'm officially one and zero since the prediction. I said I am officially betting every single game against the spread when it comes to Gonzaga. I think they're overrated, and I know people are going to come at my neck. Number one team in the country, number one team in the country. I think this team is vastly overrated. Every time they play an opponent this year, I am betting against the spread, and I'm becoming very wealthy by doing so. Again, one and zero. We tweeted that out. Um, West Virginia lost by five. Again, I don't even think West Virginia is a good team. I don't even think West Virginia could be, you know, a Michigan State or a Duke, let alone Gonzaga. But again, plus nine on that. The you know the bookmakers are super, super, super high on Gonzaga. So you're going to see these really bizarre lines. West Virginia did their part. We did our part. Made some money, and I continue. I expect this trend to continue. So, so. I have a question for you. Then, do you think Gonzaga gets exposed tomorrow afternoon against Baylor? That's a one-two matchup. Yeah, and so I don't know what the line is there. And again, it, it, this, this is a really interesting matchup for me because I don't think Baylor is the best team in the world. You know, they, they did just beat Illinois, which, you know, they may be a little bit over overranked there at five. I know you were big on Illinois. I know a lot of people were also big, big on Illinois, but I just don't know that Baylor is huge uh, when, it, when it comes to this year as far as, you know, the elite team that they want to be. But I think that's going to be a great game tomorrow. I don't believe that line is open as of yet. It is not, but I'm taking Baylor. I I expect that it's it's going to be in Baylor. 
Again, no fans, but I expect that line to be, be Gonzaga, you know, minus four, minus five maybe. And so with that being said, I expect Baylor to at least cover within that five-point range. Again, assuming that, that that's what it is. You know, if we have Baylor somehow, since they're at home, if we have Baylor somehow, you know, favored, then all bets are off as far as against the spread. This is only when Gonzaga is favored. But again, I, you know, this is a really interesting one for me. I think we have two maybe overrated teams. Maybe this is going to come back to bite me in the butt when they're playing for the championship in March. But um, I think we have two overrated teams here. I think it's going to be an interesting game. Nonetheless, something to watch on a Saturday because it's going to be a boring slate of games tomorrow for college football. And just to kind of transition into that, you know, right today we have on Friday, we have um, Appalachian State versus Louisiana. And for whatever reason, this game is the over over under is 51 and a half. And this just doesn't make sense to me. And usually when it doesn't make sense, there's something fishy going on. So when I look at some of the stats behind the scenes here, again, 51 and a half over under. These are two teams that just I mean, they score tons of points, tons of points, not as much defense. Just to kind of list you off some of these scores. So Louisiana's last five games, they put up 70 points. They put up 38 points. They put up 27 points, 44 points, and then 24 points. And then on the other side of the ball, you have Appalachian State. They put up 47, 34, 38, 31, and 27. So, again, these are two teams that they love to score. I I see this game being well over the 51.5. But, again, there's something going on with that 51.5. I mean – It started at a 54, moved all the way down to 51 and a half. So I'm putting my money on where my mouth is. I'm putting my money on this one. Um, Could be walking into the woodshed here and just be getting absolutely kneecapped. But we'll definitely see. Um, Listeners, we're going to be tweeting this one out. If you're listening now before the game starts tonight, definitely put your money down on this one. I think the over looks real good here. What do you think? I agree 100%. And another game I wanted to point out in Louisiana's schedule it was their only uh, loss against a Sunbelt rival, Coastal Carolina, who is ranked this season. They both combined put up over uh, the 51 and a half. And I know Appalachian State is another Sunbelt rival that's pretty good. So I could definitely see that overhitting. I know uh, that you wanted to talk about Ohio State. We're going to get to that. But while we're talking about Coastal Carolina, I wanted to say we had a matchup this week. We have 13 BYU against the 18th ranked Coastal Carolina team uh it's going to be pretty good matchup a lot of people wanted to see BYU play a ranked team I think they do get that win Zach Wilson is a monster to me he's one of the best college football quarterbacks I've seen in a while I do want to apologize to BYU I've hated on that school for over a decade I've always thought they're you know a joke they have no reason being ranked ever they don't play a real schedule but I think BYU this is their year they've been blowing out every team a Boise State team that was really good they just shredded 51 to 17 they beat navy 55 to 3 and these are two you know you could argue power six uh conference with the mountain west and the american athletic uh teams they they aren't no joke like a northern alabama team which byu also shredded 66 to 14 they're playing legit college football teams every single week they have three receivers getting 50 plus yards zach wilson spreading the ball out and I'm not too big of a man to admit when I'm wrong. BYU, I think this is you guys' year. No, absolutely. I'm I'm totally on board with you here. I mean, you look at some of these games here. I'm just looking at some of the, the matchups. I mean, again, Navy's not a bad school. Troy, they're a bad school. But, I mean, BYU's winning going away. I mean, these teams are just – they're blowing them apart. These aren't even football games anymore at this point. The only close game that I see is back in – 
October 10th, they played UTSA and they won by a touchdown. But other than that, there's nothing that's under two scores. I mean, they are just going away with these wins. I mean, it's, it's really remarkable to see. Interesting enough, the line for this game, I think the bookmakers are on our side too. The line for this game is going to be BYU minus 10. Minus 10. That's a lot for a good, you know, playing a good Coastal Carolina team. I think if they win this game, they can show they can beat a ranked team. They can, you know, I, I think they have to cover to have a chance at the, the you know, the, the playoff spot. But it, it really just goes to show this team is playing football. They're playing real football. I don't know how it's happened, but they are playing great football. And just to kind of give you guys a little heads up, too, I think this gonna this game is going to be a great one to maybe put BYU money line in one of your parlays. Because, you know, if they don't cover the 10 points, I just I don't see them losing this game. Don't get me wrong. Coastal, Coastal Carolina has been great, but I just don't see them losing this game. So I think money line BYU could be a really good play in some of those parlays this week. I agree with you. It's just going to be really, a really weird year for college football playoffs. If BYU does make the college football playoff spot on some weird technicality, who's going to get snubbed? Is it going to be Ohio State? Is it going to be a Pac-12 team? Well, absolutely. And just to kind of go off that, I mean, you're looking at Ohio State right now. I did just get word that they are going to play this weekend against Michigan State. They're probably going to win by about 400 points. But the biggest thing right now is that Michigan-Ohio State game next week. Everyone and their mom is saying right now, Michigan will not play that game. They just canceled their game this weekend against Maryland because of COVID concerns. And they're saying Michigan will not play that game because they don't want to get embarrassed. And if that is the case, Ohio State will officially be disqualified from the Big Ten Championship because they, they don't have enough games. And with that being said, there's no way to get into the playoff without a Big Ten championship win under their belt. And then what would they be, 5-0? and I mean, there's no way you sneak into the playoff at 5-0. and I'm sorry. I think Ohio State gets snubbed here, and I hate Michigan. I think they're going to cower out on this one, and they're going to cost Ohio State another Big Ten championship and a playoff spot. And I think maybe that's where we see BYU sneak And that's in. just Jim Harbaugh running from Ohio State because he knows he's going to lose his job regardless. He's never be Ohio State. It's sad to see because yeah, well, Ohio no, State. So is let one. me let me jump in on you there because I I think it's actually really interesting what you just said. You said you know you believe that Harbaugh is going to lose his job either way. I'm on the other side here. I think that the only way this man keeps his job is if he goes and he beats Ohio State. So if he's going to run, if he's going to hit the hay, and he's like, you know what, I'm not playing Ohio State. I mean, do you think there's any chance he keeps his job? There's zero percent chance. He has had his worst season. He just gets exposed every single week. I don't see if you're Michigan, a big program, how you keep this guy. I understand he came back to Michigan as alma mater, and it was a big deal, but there's just no way. And there's no way they even beat Ohio State. I'm looking right now, if that game is played, Michigan has a 4.6% chance to win. And obviously everything we know about Michigan is they're going to lose. I don't care uh, you know, that it is a rivalry game. Anything can happen. But it just sucks for Ohio State because – they are one of those legit teams that deserves to make the college football playoffs. I'm not a Big Ten fan, but I got to give them their credit. They run that conference every single year. With it being yep. just such a wonky, weird year, it sucks that a legit team is going to get snubbed over someone like a BYU, who I think Ohio State could route. Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, again, we're talking about BYU. They're a real football team for sure, but. They're not in the caliber of the Clemsons, the Bamas, the Ohio States. They're just not in that caliber. Again, I'd love to see them in the playoff. I think it'd kind of shake things up. We had Washington a couple of years ago. Um, speaking of Bama, you know, we have a really interesting game here. We have Bama, number one Bama, playing LSU, big-time rivals. 
Bama Bama's minus 28 and a half right now. As it stands right now, minus 28 and a half. You know, the theme of this podcast has been so far that these rivalry games are getting so lopsided that these bookmakers are really failing to see that, you know, the, these rivalry games, they just stay close. They stay close. You know, we saw Michigan, Michigan State. I still think Michigan actually is the better team than Michigan State this year. And Michigan State ended up winning that game. Just again, it's, it's just a rivalry game. Bama LSU, it's going to be really interesting. I mean, we have, just to just say this out loud, you know, Alabama versus LSU, the defending champions in LSU, and Bama's a 28-point favorite. It just seems, it sounds weird. It sounds weird to me. Oh, what I'm taking think? Bama with the points, so I'll tell you why. I got absolutely really? fucked last week. I bet the Iron Bowl, uh, Auburn to cover, they were ranked 22. It was 24 and a half, and everything you just said is the reason I took Auburn to cover. I knew Auburn was going to lose, but I was thinking Iron Bowl, you know, anything can happen. There's been a lot of close rivalry games. There's no way they lose by 24. Sure enough, they lose 42 to 13. I'm taking Bama. I think they're legit. And uh, the same reason why, uh, like all these close spreads, and the same reason why I lost money on Auburn, Alabama, is the same reason I'm taking Florida to cover at Tennessee this week. It's a 17-point spread. I'm telling you guys right now, all you locksmiths, listen up. Florida minus 17, lock of the century. If Tennessee covers, I will shave a big capital T into my beard. There's no way Tennessee covers this game. I just want to say that was my SEC walk of the uh, week. Yeah, and I think – because I haven't really paid too close to that one. I think, you know, anytime you have those those SEC rivals, I know, you know, Tennessee, Florida, they're not the biggest rivals in the world, but 17 points. Again, it's a lot of points. I think Florida's looked great this year. I haven't seen Tennessee look too bad. I know they've lost some pretty embarrassing games, but they're one of those teams – that I could see them going out and actually winning this game. I don't think they will, but they're just one of those streaky teams where I could see like something weird happening, maybe a backdoor cover. I'm going to stay away from this one. I'm going to trust you on this one. If it's Florida minus 17, I'll stay with it. Um, kind of going into that same realm, you know, we have the Big Ten side of things. We have Penn State and Rutgers. Penn State, a team that won its first game last week against Michigan, is now evidently a two-touchdown favorite against a team that almost beat Michigan as well. And Rutgers, and, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think this is going to be a really good one. I almost see Rutgers maybe winning this game. I think the line right now is 12 points. So I, I definitely see, you know, the, the Rutgers at least staying within that 12 points. And then another one that absolutely catches my eye. I mean, this is absolutely bizarre to me. We have the favorite in Wisconsin, number 16 Wisconsin, playing Indiana, number 12. And I, I'm not talking, you know, three and a half points, four and a half points, five and a half points. They're a dang near a two-touchdown favorite against the higher-seeded Indiana. And, again, I think this is a hungry Indiana team. I talked a little bit about it on Monday's podcast, but this is a team that they sense blood in the water with Ohio State possibly getting snubbed out of the Big Ten championship. And they haven't been to the Big Ten. They haven't won a Big Ten championship since 1967. And I think this is the hungry dog runs faster. I like Indy here. Again, plus 14 for Indiana. Or for Indiana. I mean, that is just – that's a lot of points. So, I almost see Indiana winning this game outright, but they definitely stay within the 14 points. What yeah, do I don't think? know too much about Big Ten football, but I do know that when there's two ranked teams, two top 20 teams, and then the team that is ranked lower gets a 14 points, I'm always going to take that uh, other team to cover. That's just too big of a spread to me. I don't like Big Ten, like I said, so I'm going to stay away from this game. I did want to say one thing about Rutgers that you blew by. I want to say this. 
starting today on the podcast, <laughs> excuse me, starting today on the podcast, I'm going to have a underdog lock of the week. I'm going Rutgers this week. They're plus 320. Lock it right now for every reason you said about uh, that Penn State team, which is bad. And also, I called it a couple weeks on the podcast. The Spaz uh, predicts Jerry Sandusky curse. Penn State national title right. contender until Jerry Sandusky passes away. And on the same token, I think 2020 is such a weird year. It's going to be uh, that Jerry Sandusky curse again, not just for the national title, but I don't think they have a good season for a long time. Rutgers wins that game. And, uh, yeah, I would say that Indiana covers. I think you could lock that parlay Indiana uh, to cover as well as Florida. There's your parlay Prince of the South parlay of the week. I love it. No, I absolutely love it. I, I got no complaints there. I think it's going to be an interesting weekend of football. Well, I should say an interesting Saturday of football. I mean, moving over to the NFL on Sunday, this is, and I talked a little bit about this as well on Monday, but this is easily the most boring schedule. This is the most boring week. Week 13 will go down in history is the most boring week in football in NFL history. I mean, just to kind of list off some games here, the marquee matchup, the, the biggest matchup of this entire, this entire week is going to be, Arizona Cardinals versus the Los Angeles Rams. I mean, do, do you really think that this is the the best matchup? I mean, a lot of people go, oh, no, there's there's other games out there. There's other games out there. Well, I mean, if you point to one, I would love to hear it because I'm looking at the schedule right now. We have a backup quarterback in New Orleans going to, in Atlanta. We have Detroit, Chicago, Cleveland, Tennessee, Cincinnati, Miami, Jacksonville, Minnesota. And listen, I don't want to bore you guys, but this that's the trend all week. I mean, there's just absolutely nothing good here to watch on Sunday. Again, we, it's kind of nice we have the double up on Monday with the Steelers and the Redskins or Washington football team, as uh, you know my friends on the left would say, and then uh, Buffalo and San Francisco, which is actually going to be played in Arizona. would love to get tickets to that game, but I don't. with COVID going on, I don't know what the hell is going on there. But Monday could be a different story, maybe some entertainment on Monday, but I think Sunday is a day to rest, maybe get some naps in, order some food. I don't even know if I'm going to watch football. Yeah, it is a definitely boring slate this weekend. I wanted to uh, correlate the ticket prices to how interesting the games out of the teams that are playing that allow fans uh, to go to the stadium. Every, all weekend, all of the tickets are under $100, except that uh, Cardinals-Rams game, the tickets start out at $200. So that just you know backs up your theory that that is the marquee matchup. I think it's a terrible weekend. We will – Tweet some locks, of course, uh, but I'm staying away from most of these games. I think Arizona actually wins that Rams game. I know we're kind of torn on that right now, but that NFC West uh, division is the most interesting to me this season. I, I could see a situation yeah. where three NFC West teams make the playoffs. No, I, and I think you're totally right, especially with the weak NFC East there. I think that NFC – is really pretty weak this year. I mean, obviously you have some of the standouts, but you know, as as a you know conference in itself, I think that's a weaker conference. The NFC East, obviously, bringing that down. One of the games that I wanted to talk about today, just because we're going to be locking it this Sunday, and just to give some of the listeners a heads up, it's going to be the Patriots going to LA to play the Chargers. It's going to be a later game. It's two twenty-five Mountain Time, which is my time. It's going to be a standard four four thirty game for the Eastern guys. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I see the Patriots here as it stands right now. It's a pick them. I like the Patriots to win this game pretty convincingly. We are going to lock that one in on Sunday just because I think this is going to be one of those games where Cam Newton, he's going to come out there. He's going to show him what he can do. 
I think Herbert, I think he's good, but he just doesn't have the weapons. You know, he's got Keenan Allen, but other than that, I just don't think they have the weapons to compete with New England and Belichick there. I know they've kind of faltered a little bit this year, but I think they're starting to find their stride. And I like the Patriots there and you locksmiths out there. If you'd like to make money, I, I say you tell, tell us on this one and go. I Patriots. agree Patriots, but I have a question for you. Is Cam Newton in the league next yeah. year? He's uh, had obviously his worst year. Uh, it's just absolutely looking terrible. He has four touchdowns, nine interceptions this year. You know, this is ridiculous. We're almost at the end of the year, and he has four touchdowns. Is Cam Newton on a team next year? Yeah, honestly, it's a great question. I do think Cam Newton's on a football team next year. I like this guy. I, I like Cam Newton. I think he's maybe had one bad season in in Carolina there. And, you know, I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, but I think he's a great quarterback. And not only just with his arm, I think maybe it's, it's more with his legs here. I mean, again, you go back to the, the stat, you know, the four touchdowns, nine interceptions. That's excluding his rushing touchdowns this year, which he has. And let me just double check on this. But he has a total of he has a total of nine rushing touchdowns this year. So, again, if you combine his rushing touchdowns with his passing touchdowns, he has 13 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Again, I know he struggled this year. I know the Patriots have struggled this year, but that's a new system. It's a very odd situation with COVID. I think he's on a team. I think he's going to be on the Patriots. If he's not on the Patriots, I could see him possibly being on a team like, you know, maybe the Steelers, maybe as a backup for a couple of years as Big Ben kind of finishes his career out. But I, I do see him still playing in the NFL next year. And then one of the things, too, that I wanted to ask you, since obviously we're on, we're on the topic of the Patriots, you know, do you think Belichick keeps this job in New England for much longer? I, I was hearing some rumbling about Belichick, you know, really cashing out and calling it a year, really calling it a career. I mean, do you think he stays in New England after this year or really in the next few years? Yeah, I think uh, Belichick stays until Tom Brady retires with the Bucks, and here's why. Belichick obviously has a leash. He has however long he wants to coach, he's going to be the coach of the Patriots. Patriots will give him that because of the amount of success he's had. However, I think he wants to prove uh, that his record without Tom Brady will be better than Brady's record without him. So I think whenever Brady hangs it up, Belichick hangs it up. But ultimately, I think Brady finishes with a better record without Belichick than Belichick finishes without Brady. Yeah, no, I think I would have to go with you on that. I think a lot plays into that too. Obviously, he's on a little bit better of a team with the Buccaneers. He's got all the weapons in the world. But um, I just guess kind of wrapping up, you know, as far as the podcast goes and the NFL goes, I think it's going to be a, a fairly boring week. Again, follow us on Twitter for some of those locks this weekend. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add? Any NBA stuff going on? That yeah, we got a lot of stuff going on in the NBA. I know NBA puts you to fucking sleep for whatever reason, so I'll make it quick. <laughs> we have the Christmas schedule. Uh, it is weird because I every year I say Christmas is the unofficial start of the NBA. However, with the NBA starting on the 22nd of December, it doesn't really matter. Uh, a couple marquee matchups. We have two uh, rematches of the second round of the Western Conference uh, playoffs. We have the Mavs and Lakers playing Christmas night, as well as the Clippers Nuggets. I just wanted to say how much better the Lakers got. Obviously, Anthony Davis got a bag. Five years, $190 million, uh Supermax contract. LeBron re-signed, restructured his deal. Two years, $85 million. Obviously, LeBron wants to play with Bronny, but the Lakers ultimately got better. They're the only NBA team that I saw that really made a lot of crazy moves. They're going to be the repeat favorite. They got Marcus Uh They you know got rid of Dwight Howard, but they got Marcus Gasol, Dennis Schroeder. My favorite pickup was Montrez Harrell from the Clippers. 
obviously the Clippers were a dumpster fire. A lot of stuff came out this week, how uh, PG and Kawhi had special treatment. Doc Rivers is obviously gone. Clippers are still going to be, you know, a contender, don't get me wrong, but the Lakers just picked up a lot of guys. They got Wes Matthews from the Bucks. Lakers uh, ultimately are going to get my money this year. I doubt LeBron every year. This is the year I think Lakers just run through the NBA. It would not surprise me if they, you know, finish uh, with 60 wins this year. 60 uh, wins would not surprise me at all. I wanted to give an update on the Raptors. Uh, two podcast episodes ago, I discussed how the Raptors were going to have to find an American location because uh, they can't play Canada with the travel restrictions because of COVID. Yeah, that's right. A lot of people thought they were going to play in Louisville or Syracuse. They have officially announced that the Raptors will be playing in Tampa Bay this year. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Uh, one, it's just an hour outside of Orlando where the bubble was, and it's going to make it easier to commute uh, from Tampa Bay to Miami and Tampa Bay to Orlando. And uh, I think it just rewards uh, the Raptors players because obviously who would want to live in Toronto when they could live in Tampa Bay for a season? Uh, also, we should talk about the D.C.-Houston trade. It was a blockbuster. came out this week. Russell Westbrook gets shipped from Houston to D.C. for John Wall in a first-round draft pick. I think Russell Westbrook's a cancer. I think that D.C. team is decent. You know, they got Bradley Beal, but uh, they're not going to be any contenders at the East. And then uh, with Houston on the flip side of that coin, John Wall, James Harden, those two just sound like they want to get fucked up together. Boogie Cousins also signed with Houston, so you see a reunite of uh, John Wall and Boogie. They both went to Kentucky together. The Houston Trip Clubs are ultimately the winner of this trade. They're going to be getting so much money from these guys. Houston's not legit at all. Last thing I wanted to say about the NBA is Milwaukee Bucks are on the decline, boys. You guys heard it here first. The Milwaukee front office has just been fucked up all this offseason. I don't know who they're trying to get, but they're definitely going to have a Giannis leave next year if they don't get any big names. They botched the Bogdan Bogdanovich trade. He went to Atlanta. They botched the Malcolm Brogdon trade. He's with the Pacers. They gave Wes Matthews to the Lakers. The Milwaukee Bucks are on a decline. You guys heard it here first. A year from now, Giannis will not be on the Bucks. That's all I got to say about the NBA. Wow. I know that shit bores you. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, it's interesting just because I think with this year, with you know sports being so bizarre, I want to jump into it. I want to jump into the NBA. I'm going to watch some games. Um, you know, and I have pretty basic knowledge of the NBA. Obviously, you're the NBA guy when it comes to locked in and picking the bets and stuff like that. That's why, you know, it makes us such a well-rounded, you know, duo here. But, I, you know, I want to start watching some of these games and, you know, really seeing how the season plays out. Just because, again, I mean, you know, between February and really the beginning of baseball season in April, you know, there's not a ton to watch. So I'm excited for that. And obviously, I'm not talking about March Madness. March Madness is obviously always exciting. But I'm going to kind of dabble in the NBA this year. But, uh, yeah, I think it was, you know, it's going to be an interesting week for sports. Boring on the uh, NFL side, but, you know, pretty good other else, other otherwhere else. But is there anything else that you want to talk about? No, just the uh, typical stuff. Locksmiths, just remember what we said. Spaz Parlay, Prince of the South Parlay of the weekend is Florida minus 17, Indiana plus 14. Sprinkle Rutgers uh, money line as an underdog. And I know COVID's tough out there for a lot of you guys. I know, you know, you guys got to cut corners on a lot of expenses, but I don't care if you have a dollar your name, if you're starving, if you're homeless, keep gambling. Put that $1 you have your name Absolutely. on a clean parlay. You never know if you'll hit. Trust your gut and stay locked in. Absolutely. 
couldn't have said better myself. The one thing that I do want to plug for today is we, we just officially created the Twitter account for the Bad Beats Podcast. That's going to be at Bad Beats Podcast. So I, I do encourage you guys to give it a follow there. And then also, too, at our main account there, at Lock in Bets, uh, you know, we're, we're pushing for that 1K mark here as far as followers go. So we'd love to have you guys follow there if you haven't already. But other than that, you know, put your money on the line. Put your money, you know, where, where it's going to make you some more money. We're excited to have you along. We're excited to have you guys as followers. And we can't wait till next episode. Until then, enjoy your weekend. And peace out, guys. Peace out, Locksmiths.